Good morning, and peace be with you. Amen. Some announcements I have for you this morning. First of all, uh, Ina Hahn, who is the widow, the wife of Frank Remsky, has passed away. And I wanted to let you know um, that we received information uh, of her passing away. I believe she passed away on November the 4th, and uh, there is no mention of uh, services or anything at this time, but as they uh, come through, um, we'll have information. This came to me from um, Susan, who had heard it from uh, Patty Peterson. So uh, just prayers for uh, those who uh, know and loved uh, both uh, Frank and Ina, very, very lovely people. Uh, I knew Frank uh, better than I knew Ina. I had been spent time with him around as a pastor. And, um, but uh, anyhow, just so that you know, um, just keep them and their friends and their family in prayer. Um, on the good news side, uh, our brother Ron Donner is going to be celebrating a birthday on December 9th. And so it would be wonderful to flood his mailbox with uh, letters of encouragement and, and happy birthdays. And so if you would like to uh, write him a note, uh, we have his address uh, in the office. You can give Ashley a call or uh, email, and she'll give you the address so that uh, perhaps you could send him a, a happy birthday card. And then the really important information is that the enchiladas are in, okay? And so those who ordered them, um, they are available in the kitchen. Um, they are in our refrigerator. So as you're in the kitchen and you're facing the two refrigerators, our refrigerator is the one on the right. And so there, are, um, as you know, they were uh, $20 uh, per dozen. And if you have your payment today, that'd be great. And you can slide it under the door in uh, Ashley's office. Or um, if you don't, please take them anyways, and you can bring the payment this next week. And I have a list of those who um, have uh, ordered stuff, so it's in there. I'm seeing heads shaking, you know, those that, uh, you know, that, that got them. So, yay, the enchiladas are here. I think that's about it. So, oh, on Wednesdays, we have um, started our uh, soup and study for Advent, and uh, it, we meet over in the fellowship hall at noon, have a, uh, a light lunch of uh, soup and sandwiches, and then we go into a study, and we're done right at about 2 o'clock. So all are welcome, and uh, we practice best practices as far as just like we do when we come into the sanctuary with the, taking a temperature and washing your hands and just... Um, being distance and so forth. So come if you'd like to fellowship and study uh, during this Advent season. It is and has been and will continue to be a lot of fun, and it would be better if you're there. And that is about it. Our opening hymn is Prepare the Way, O Zion.
We come together this morning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you, 
and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let's take a moment for silent prayer and self-reflection. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. As your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Glory to God in the highest, and peace to his people on earth. Lord God, heavenly King, almighty God and Father, we worship you, we give you thanks, we praise you for your glory. 
Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, Lord God, Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. Have mercy on us. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. Receive our prayer. For you alone are the Holy One. You alone are the Lord. You alone are the Most High. Jesus Christ with the Holy Spirit in glory of God the Father. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Stir up our hearts, O Lord, to make ready the way of your only begotten Son, that by his coming we may be enabled to serve you with pure minds through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Good morning. Okay, the first reading this morning is from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 40, verses 1 through 11. And this can be found on page um, unknown in your pew Bible. It's in there. Uh, the prophet Isaiah, background, he's prophesying around 700 B.C. The Israelites had been overrun by the Assyrians. Isaiah foretold the withdrawal of the Assyrians, but he also foretold the invasion of the Babylonians and destruction of Jerusalem because of the Israelites' sins against God. These prophecies became fact in 581 B.C., a little over 100 years after they were foretold. Chapter 40, beginning with the first verse. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice of one calling. In the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry out, and I said, what shall I cry? All people like, are like grass. All their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. 
The grass withers and the flowers fall because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God endures forever. You who bring good news to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up. Do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power, and he rules with a mighty arm. See, his reward is with him, and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. The second reading will be from Psalm 85, which we will read responsively, and this is printed in your bulletin. Psalm 85, the author is unknown and time frame unknown, but likely written as a reminder and tribute poem or song to God after he restored the Israelites after a period of severe discipline for unrighteousness towards God, and then also as an appeal for mercy in the midst of new discipline for yet another episode of unrighteousness towards God and a promise to repent. Psalm 85. You, Lord, showed favor to your land. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. You forgave the iniquity of your people and covered all their sins. You set aside all your wrath and turned from your fierce anger. Restore us again, God, our Savior, and put away your displeasure toward us. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger through all generations? Will you not revive us again, that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your unfailing love, Lord, and grant us your salvation. I will listen to what God the Lord says. He promises peace to his people, his faithful servants, but let them not turn to folly. Surely his salvation is near those who fear him, that his glory may dwell in our land. Love and faithfulness meet together. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Faithfulness springs forth from the earth, and righteousness looks down from heaven. The Lord will indeed give what is good, and our land will yield its harvest. Righteousness goes before him and prepares the way for his steps. The epistle this morning is taken from the second letter of Peter, chapter 3, verses 8 through 14, and this can be found on page 1896 in your Pew Bible. Of course, this was written by the Apostle Peter, the same apostle who lopped off the ear of the centurion and denied Jesus three times. It's, it's the same zealous apostle uh, that we've read about in the past. His first letter, 1 Peter, exhorts new Christians to remain faithful in the face of persecution. This, his second letter or epistle, warns newer Christians to be aware of false teachers of the faith who bend the Gospels to fit man's comfort and stress works for salvation. Peter warns that faith alone with repentance saves by the grace of God alone. 
Second Peter chapter 3, beginning with the 8th verse. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar, the elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire, and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hallelujah, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Hallelujah. The Gospel according to St. Mark, the first chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our gospel reading this morning is taken from the book of Mark, chapter 1, verses 1 through 8, and can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1551. Mark 8, 1 through 8. The beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight paths for him. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. Now John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and to untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. This is the gospel of the Lord. 
Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Tomorrow, December 7th, is the anniversary of a great tragedy in the history of these United States. It is the anniversary of the bombing of Pearl Harbor in 1941. That's 79 years ago. One may think that working a day like Pearl Harbor into a proclamation may be difficult to do or perhaps a bit of a stretch, but it really isn't. So stay with me and you will see. You see, the United States military had been experimenting with a new technology called radio detection and ranging, or radar for short. The military had just finished installing a radar station near Pearl Harbor. And the equipment was up, and it was running, and the Army was in the process of running drills and training with the new technology when the Japanese planes showed up on the equipment the radar operators notified the fighter control center. And the officer in the center at the time was an army lieutenant who had not been fully trained. He interpreted the data as a flight of replacement aircraft coming from the mainland. And he told the radar operators to forget about it. The radar equipment properly tracked the Japanese aircraft as they attacked Pearl Harbor and then tracked them back to their carriers. The problem was that no procedures were in place, none at all, to properly use the radar information. It is very likely that the attack on Pearl Harbor would have turned out a whole lot differently if the attack would have taken place only a few weeks later after the radar had gone online and all the training had been completed. One may wonder what the outcome would have been had someone known what to do with the warning that was provided by the radar. There is a warning 
in the gospel as well. John appeared baptizing in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Now, John followed the footsteps of prophets before him who also proclaimed repentance and forgiveness. He was proclaiming this message with the word of God and the waters, the word and the waters of baptism. The importance of baptism in his ministry earned him the name John the Baptist. Now, John was the last of the Old Testament prophets. And just like all of God's prophets, he warned people of sin. And he proclaimed the coming of the Messiah to save us from our sin. Unlike his predecessors, though, he proclaimed Messiah after Messiah was born. Unlike the earlier prophets, Messiah actually came in the flesh, the incarnation, to hear John's proclamation. John's proclamation of repentance began with a proclamation of sin. In fact, all of God's prophets, every one of them, proclaimed sin. And faithful pastors also proclaim sin. Now why is it that the proclamation of sin is so necessary? Faithful pastors need to be about that, but we know that people don't like to hear about sin. They sure don't like to hear about the punishment of sin, that is, temporal death here on earth and eternal death in the suffering of hell. That is not a popular message, nor is it politically correct. Truth is, we really wouldn't have to talk about sin if people were honest about the state of the world around us. What does that mean? Well, for example, we have always, we have always had the resources to adequately feed and clothe every person on the planet. The truth is that today, children still go naked. Today, children still starve to death. It takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of resources and wealth to go to war. It is a lot easier to be at peace. The truth is this, that the world has never really been at peace. A lot of people think that the golden rule is natural. 
but it isn't. They think that if we are nice to others, then they will be nice to us. Yet history seems to indicate to us that if we are nice to others, then they will take advantage of us. God has given us the resources that we need, all the resources that we need to make heaven on earth. But earth remains a valley of sorrows. If mankind were basically good, and we are not, but if we were basically good, we would have used the gifts of God to solve humanity's problems long ago. The fact that we still have problems testifies. No, actually, it proves that humanity is not good. The fact is that humanity's greatest earthly enemy is humanity itself. We have dictators. We have government bureaucracies. We have criminal elements and others that work to suppress their fellow man. None of us, hear me, none of us is immune from the desire to exploit others for our own purposes. We have met the enemy, and the enemy is us. Now, there are plenty of verses in the Bible that tell us we are natural-born sinners, but we don't really need the Bible to tell us this. It's obvious. It is obvious. Experience is enough to teach us that. We know this, that we don't need to teach our children to lie, do we? We don't need to teach our children to hate, to covet, or to worship self. The sins are all very natural. Instead, what do we need to teach our children? What do we end up teaching them? We need to teach them to share, to share, to serve, to love. What do you say? Thank you. Virtues, in fact, are very unnatural. Even without the Bible, it's easy to see that there is something very wrong with people. If there weren't, we would have solved the problems of society long ago. Now, not only is humanity not honest about sin in general, but each one of us is in denial concerning our own personal sin. We, we tell ourselves things like this, that although the world is really messed up, I'm not so bad. When things go bad around us, 
we tend to reply, it's not my fault. Even though the sin clearly belongs to us, we point at others and blame them. We follow in the footsteps of Adam, who blamed God for a defective woman. He did. John the Baptist comes along with his bony finger, and he points it in your face and in my face, and his message is this. You are a sinner. You are the one who is guilty, and you need to repent. He says, stop blaming everyone else for your problems. If you try to hide your sin, its infection will only spread. Eventually, it will kill you. And not just here on this earth, but forever in eternity. If you deny your own sin, well, then you deny your own sin at your own peril. And like John, all the faithful prophets of old and all the faithful pastors warn us of sin. But this is no good for us if we reject the warning. And just as the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor was devastating partly because an untrained army lieutenant didn't know what to do with the warning that he had received, so also the warning that we heard from John in today's gospel does us no good if we reject it. If you could ask a survivor of the attack on Pearl Harbor, he would tell you that he would have given anything to receive the warning about the Japanese military was on its way. Such a warning would have had the potential to save thousands of lives. And in a similar way, in a similar way, the hearer should be grateful for pastors who warn of sin. And sadly, that is not the case. Often, not always, but often, the warning makes hearers angry. And pastors here often, not always, complaints such as, how dare you tell me that I'm a sinner? How dare you tell me that I deserve eternal punishment forever in hell? I was told long ago by a mentor pastor that fire and brimstone doesn't have to be mean in order to be effective. Faithful pastors want to do what the radar operators 
wanted to do for Pearl Harbor. They wanted to warn of the attack of the enemy. They want, faithful pastors want the Holy Spirit to take their hearers toward the solution to their problem. They want the Holy Spirit to make their hearers aware of the primary problem, which is their own sin. And that all of their other problems, every single one of them, is rooted in that sin. John the Baptist calls on you to trust the Messiah and to repent. To get your sins out into the open. To confess them to Almighty God. To rely on His mercy. To look to the forgiveness of sins that you received through your baptism in that font. And if you have not yet received baptism, then be baptized for the forgiveness of sins. John, John was the voice in the wilderness that was hearkening to prepare ye the way of the Lord, the way of Jesus Christ, and he prepared the way. He pointed to the one who would follow him. As he said, after me comes he who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. John exhorted his followers to believe in the Messiah who is to come. The mighty Savior is the one. The mighty Savior is none other than Jesus Christ. We know that. He is the one whom the prophets proclaimed, and he is the one in whom they believed. This mighty Savior is the solution to our problem of sin. He is the one who earned forgiveness for our sins, and he is the one that offers that forgiveness to us for free. He is the one who makes us holy in God's sight. And how did he do this? As mighty as Jesus is, as mighty as Jesus is, he demonstrated his might in weakness. And even though we are not worthy to touch his feet, he allowed mere men to nail him on a cross. And it was from the apparent weakness of that cross that Jesus demonstrated his greatest might in what appeared to be his defeat by death, we see, we know that Christ conquered death. 
that he became the solution for sin by taking our sin unto himself and paying the price for it in full. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. And it is only through him that we receive the forgiveness of all of our sins. Now suppose the radar warning would have been successful on that December 7th, 79 years ago. Suppose that the innocent could have found shelter. Suppose that the military could have mounted a defense. Many of the people who died in the attack would have lived instead. Now suppose that there was a person who thought the attack was a hoax. Suppose that person refused to take shelter. Suppose that person died. That person would be dead because of his own foolishness. He would be dead because he rejected the warning of the attack and the opportunity of shelter. Now just as the Holy Spirit makes us aware of our sin, he also makes us aware of the Savior. And he creates a faith in us so that we can receive salvation from that Savior. Some people reject the Holy Spirit's gift of faith. They reject his warning, and they reject the salvation of Jesus Christ. These people are like someone who rejects the warning of the battle and the opportunity for shelter. They are responsible for their own destruction. So don't be foolish would be the lesson that John is putting out to you and to me. Do not be foolish. Listen to his warning and repent of your sin. Listen to John's offer of salvation and believe in the one who is coming, the one whose sandal strap John is not worth, worthy of loosening. Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved. In the name of Jesus, amen. Jesus.
just waited all, all to Him my own. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Lord, now indeed I find Thy power in Thine alone can change the leper's spots and melt the heart of stone. Jesus paid it all, all to Him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow.
Will you please stand if you're able? Let us together confess our faith to the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary. He was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshiped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Restore us, O God. Let your face shine that we may be saved. And as you led Joseph like a flock, so now by your Son lead us into straight paths. Bring us out of the bondage of our sins and plant us securely in your eternal promises. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Almighty God, in your blessed patience, you send your prophets and apostles and pastors and teachers in all times that sinners would not perish but rather reach repentance and find comfort in your word, which alone will stand forever. Preserve the servants of your church. Give to our congregation and all congregations an increase of hope that we may await the revealing of the new heavens and new earth in lives of holiness and godliness, diligent to be found without spot or blemish and at peace. Lord, in your mercy, holy Lord, preserve your gift of marriage against the ravages of sin, the schemes of the devil and the raging of the world. Bless the couples 
and families of our congregation. Strengthen them in love and care for one another. And establish them on the foundation of your word. Lord, in your mercy, God of all comfort, your word alone endures forever. The nations of the world come and go before you. Even kings and rulers are like grass before your breath. Preserve us from placing our trust in princes and mortal men. Give us leaders who will rule after your good pleasure, keeping order and protecting life, that we may live in godly quietness and honesty. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, you once prepared the way of your only begotten Son through the preaching and baptism of John. Prepare now your baptized Christians with true repentance and faith that seeks the forgiveness of sins, that they would worthily eat and drink of Christ's true body and blood in the blessed sacrament. Lord, in your mercy and into your hands, Father, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. And all of God's children said, Amen. And now, may the peace of the Lord be with you always. And let's share the peace. Unfortunately, it's at a distance still. Will you pray with me? Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made. For the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Everlasting God, you comforted your people with the promise of a Redeemer through whom you will also make all things new in the day when he comes again to judge the world in righteousness. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and we join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. 
Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took the bread and he gave thanks. And then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup, and he gave thanks, and then he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and we drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his coming again. Let us pray together the prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Now, um, this week we will continue to um, do communion here, and then uh, for those that are in attendance, we'll do communion after the service is closed. And so you may be seated. Um, and know that this uh, uh, sacrament is for those who are baptized and believe in Jesus as Lord and Savior, and they believe in the one who has come, the one who forgives all sins. Amen. Our good and gracious Father who is in heaven has so desired for all to come to him that not one would be lost, that all who would believe in his Son would come and, and be saved. He sends us warnings through his word, through his spirit, through his prophets, through his pastors, his teachers, through his men and women in the church, all of us are here to proclaim Christ, his death, his resurrection, and his coming again. All of us are like little radar towers put out in a world that needs him and is ignoring maybe the warnings, but just keep beep, 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 that was radar. He gives us that opportunity. Let us be about that. And now the benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and grant you his perfect peace in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our closing hymn is How Deep the Father's Love.
beyond all measure that he should give his only son and make a wretch's treasure how great the pain of searing loss the father turns his face away as wounds which mar the chosen one bring many sons to glory behold the man upon his cross my sin upon his shoulders ashamed i hear my mocking voice call out among the scoffers it was my sin that held him there until it was accomplished his dying breath has brought me life i know that it is finished i will not boast in anything no gifts no power no wisdom but i will boast in jesus christ his death and resurrection why should i gain from his reward i cannot give an answer but this i know with all my heart his wounds have paid my ransom why should i gain from his reward i cannot give an answer but this i know with all my heart his wounds have paid my ransom let us go in peace and serve the lord amen